0: This is
1: a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. And now it's time for a deep south legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan.
2: to hear joe ham back in the in the house there with the locker room show this is the buck blue show and we are live from 680 the fan studios in the battery atlanta hopefully your tuesday's off to a great start dt again ready to be the producer and the engineer today dt you up to it
3: i think we'll be okay yeah Uh, two jobs in one do you get paid double it doesn't work that way, apparently. No. But I love two at a time. All right, well, it should. It should. We'll have to talk about that then, yeah.
2: Yeah, a lot to get to. Short time to get there. Let's get to work, brother.
1: Bucks. Big. Take.
2: NFL Combine gets underway today in Indianapolis. With, get this, 321 players showing up to work out. That includes 14 quarterbacks. So the Falcons are going to be busy interviewing and vetting their current quarterback situation. Right now, Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels are not throwing on Saturday when the quarterbacks hit the field. Drake May is undecided. Pennix, Knicks, McCarthy... They plan on spinning it, trying to impress, and then move up as far as the draft goes. Now, today and tomorrow are full of two things, meetings and medicals. They poke around, check out previous injuries. So a big day for Michael Penix Jr. Drug test and all that good stuff going on today. On-the-field workout starts. that will start on Thursday with the defensive linemen and linebackers. We'll get that underway on Thursday. Friday is the DBs and the tight ends. Can't wait to see Brock Bowers out there. Saturday, you get the quarterbacks, receivers, and running backs. And then showing them no respect, last on the list, the very last players to hit the field Sunday will be the offensive linemen. Why do the offensive linemen always get disrespected?
3: I think, Buck, they're getting showcased because they're, they're the only oh,
1: ones on, going
2: man. on Sunday. By Sunday, everybody's <laughs>
3: worn out. It is kind of odd. But, but, uh, yeah,
2: yeah, but when Sunday rolls around, you, I bet some of these personnel guys have already left out. Or they're exhausted. Uh, it, it would be the other thing. Exhausted. Well, if you're not paying attention to the offensive linemen, then you're not doing your job. You said that right, brother. I'd have them working out first. Just saying. One very interesting note, the top-rated player in the draft, many people have him number one on the board, Marvin Harrison Jr. He won't even go to the Combine. Talk about crazy. He's sitting out the
3: Combine. He's not even making the trip to interview. I was about to say that's not very odd, but because a lot of guys you know will say I'm not throwing at the combine or I'm not running yeah, at the combine go they're going to they're going to do the medical show up right they're yeah.
2: going to hang out get to know some of the teams
3: Marvin Harrison Jr he's not even going to Indianapolis he'll still be drafted in the top 5 so does it matter much to him and uh, here's
2: another interesting fact too uh, Marvin Harrison Jr and Caleb Williams who many, if you don't have Marvin Harrison Jr. as the top-rated player on the board, the big board, then you probably got Caleb Williams, number one on the big board. Well, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Caleb Williams, they haven't even hired an agent yet. Todd French, you better give him a call, brother. What's up with that? I mean, the process is underway. You hadn't even hired an agent yet. Now, uh, one NFL, NFL insider told me in the last 48 hours, because I've been digging a little bit on Caleb Williams, I'm a little unsure as far as his leadership capabilities and then his character. I don't know much about Caleb Williams, so I'm digging around a little bit. I had one NFL insider tell me yesterday, and I quote here, Caleb Williams surrounding cast is a crap show. Now... I lightened it up with the use of crap. Ah, okay, yeah, not a crap shoot, um, an S show. You're right, yeah, that's what it is. And I I, I said, what do you mean by that? And he says, well, his dad's involved in everything.
3: Sometimes that sounds so great, and then sometimes that sounds so bad. So uh, uh, bears and commanders, good luck with that. You're not the only one doubting uh, Caleb Williams and the off-the-field, the the leadership, the makeup. I'm not the only one? You are not the only one. Uh, Well, it
2: seems like everybody else is talking about the hand size and the off-platform
3: throws, all that good stuff. still see him number one in most every mock, so there you go. I'd be reluctant to invest
2: without being completely sure of the character and the leadership capabilities. I mean, you could destroy the organization for a number of years by bringing in the wrong guy, especially with the number one pick. So this NFL combine, man, it is uh, full of drama. Got a lot of drama going on. All right, let's chop it up,
1: man. Let's talk about the the Braves It's time to go chopping.
2: Let's chop it up. We got Chris Sale making his Braves debut today down at spring training believe you can listen to the game on our sister station, Extra 106.3, or you can check it out on the fan app. Of course, that's driven by Beaver Toyota of coming. Beaver Direct, fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Let them wow you. Beaver Toyota in coming. Chris Sale, man. Can't wait to see more of this. And how about yesterday? Max Freed, two scoreless innings against the Orioles yesterday. And I uh, just love this with uh, Max Freed. I tell you what, he is, I look at him, and, and my first thought is he's the most intense competitor on this team. And I love that about Max Freed. Love it about him. And I say, what else I loved is uh, when he came in, when he broke in with the Braves, he was basically a two-pitch guy. He was throwing the four-seam fastball 63% of the time. And then he had that plus curve, baby, and he still got it too, but he was throwing that thing roughly about 30% of the time. So really a two-pitch pitcher when he broke in, what was it, 2017, 2018, but he is a different cat right now, man. I mean, yeah, you look at him right now. He is a five. He's got a five-pitch mix is what uh, Max Freed is is showing off and featuring these days. A year ago, here's the breakdown of the pitch pitch selection. Forcing fastball, 32.5% of the time. 32% of the time. Remember now, I just said when he broke in, 63% of the time. Half as
3: often, as
2: Curveball. Goes from uh, 27% of the time the first year in the bigs. Now it's at 23%. So he's still featuring his best pitch is that curveball. He's added a slider. Added the slider going into the 2019 season when he broke through with 17 victories. Last year he threw the slider 16% of the time. Change up 15% of the time and the sinker a little over 12% of the time. He's a five-pitch guy now. Talk about developing. Wow! Max Freed's got it going on. And what's been the result of that? Well, <laughs> let me tell you what the result of that is. When you look at the, the pitchers in Major League Baseball today, Max Freed is close to the top of the list when it comes to soft Contact. It's tough for the major league hitter to barrel up the ball. Soft contact is his thing. And so there was another big decision he had to make. And, and what that decision was, I'm going to quit chasing the strikeouts. I'm going to allow these hitters to put the ball in play. They're just not going to get the, the bat on the, uh, the ball. Uh, they're not going to catch the ball on the barrel part of the bat. It's all about soft contact with Max Free in that five-pitch mix. Braves are paying him $15 million this year to be the ace of the staff. 15 mil. Three, his, three mil per pitch? That's pretty good. His market value is $27 million a year. So grossly underpaid. Grossly underpaid. I don't want to talk about it, Buck. Let's just cherish Max. He'll be a free agent at the end of the season. Wouldn't it be crazy if Max Freed won the Cy Young this season and then left in free agency? Wouldn't be that crazy. Wouldn't that be crazy? Would you be shocked? No. In <laughs> fact, it's I'm expecting. That, it's not that crazy. I'm yeah. expecting that to
3: happen. Yeah, either him or Spencer, right?
2: Uh, the Atlanta Braves, the goal this year is to win the World Series. And so there won't be any trading Max Fried at the trade deadline. Just going to let him play out the contract. Play it out and then probably walk at the end of the season. Love Max for you, though. Just love him.
0: Pay that man his money.
2: little Braves talk for you there. You know, one of the things, just the system, I don't blame it all on uh, Alex Anthopoulos or... You know, Max Freed's agent, I don't blame it on them, It's the system uh, that, that's set up here. Look, he's 30 years old before he hits say, free agency. It seems like he's
3: been around forever and he's never gotten this job. I mean, the shot, way though. it's
2: all set up is you've got control of these players basically until they hit 30 years old. And then they want to say, well, we don't want to pay a 30-year-old starting pitcher uh, market value, and, and that would be the market value according to Spo, uh, Spotrack. Six years, one hundred and sixty-two million dollars. That's what they say. Then, well, we just it's too much of a risk. Oh, yeah, sounds we like we want to be paying him twenty-seven million dollars when he's thirty-seven years old.
3: Reminds me of the way running backs are dealt with in the NFL. Get what you can out yeah, of them. It him, just and doesn't then, seem fair. Yeah, let somebody else pay him. Yeah. Doesn't seem
2: fair, but we're going to ride Max Freed this season, baby. Stay healthy, Max. Win that Cy Young. Fair. Get us back into that World Series, and let's win another World Series title. All right, coming up next, uh, grab those shades. I know it's overcast and a little rainy today, but we go into the club. Coming shades up next, going to break down Drake May, Falcons talk too. Stick around. You got the Buck show
0: here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team?
2: The park again, brother.
1: Grabbed Grabbed those those shades on in the club. You know, I left Rhett's chain at home.
2: That gummit, I meant to go in his room and get the chain. Losing all your swag buck. I wanted to have the shades and the chain on in the club. They were just gonna go with the shades on in the club. You know, occasionally we have visitors that come through the station and they always look through the glass. During the tour, and they say, okay, here is one of the, the big studios where we're doing most of the shows. And you see these people looking through the glass, and they're going, why's that dude in there wearing shades? Well, because we go into the club. Shades on in the club. We go into the quarterback club. Get ready for that NFL draft. Falcons looking for a quarterback. So I am totally focused Uh, On these top-rated quarterbacks, 14 at the Combine, really focused on the top uh, three to five is what I'm looking at. And today we're going to break down North Carolina quarterback Drake May, 21 years young, 6'4", 230 pounds, so a prototypical NFL quarterback. When he walks in the room, people immediately think, wow, that guy looks like a NFL quarterback started 28 games at North Carolina shades on into club two-year starter basically dude's got the big arm big arm and let me just say what the best thing Drake may does is stand tall in the pocket and throw lasers down the field we're talking about uh, intermediate throws outside the numbers Toward the sideline, that ball gets there quick. And then you see these deeper crossing routes. The dig, the over. He's layering that ball in there. Man, he's throwing some bullets. This is what Drake May does best. Stand tall in the pocket. And throw bullets down the field shades on into club now, he's not a one-trick pony he's got some touch that he can mix into the throws as he layers it into these different zones uh mobile um uh, athletic but you know he's not a scrambler hear a lot about his running ability get to, to more of that in a second uh mobile enough let me say mobile enough Some of the weaknesses as I see it. uh, A little inconsistent getting through his progressions. Processing the information after the snap of the ball. Uh, More playing experience can help him out there. Uh, His base mechanics. Got to polish up the footwork. Really inconsistent with his footwork. Which affects his accuracy or the lack thereof. Uh, He's playing a lot of hero ball at North Carolina. Hero ball? What's that, Blue? Well, he's making questionable decisions, trying to be a hero. So we're talking about turnover-worthy plays. We're seeing too many of those. Now, he played behind a very poor offensive line. So that might factor into that a little bit. His pocket awareness. Inconsistent there, too. I mean, he, he can grow and get better inside the pocket. So what I did yesterday, last night, I uh, took a look at the Clemson, North Carolina-Clemson game and watched Drake May in the first half of that game. And what I saw was this, opening possession. North Carolina going to be aggressive. They were at midfield facing a fourth down and six. And Mack Brown says, we're going for it, man. We got to score points in this game against Clemson if we're going to win. So they go for it on fourth and six, midfield. They go trips left. Single receiver right, and they get a single high safety. Work in center field, work in the middle of the field. Drake May throws a laser to that single receiver, and that free safety had no chance of getting over the top and making the play. Shades on into club, and you go, wow, man, that is awesome. And then in the next two possessions... You see him throw three incompletions where the ball placement's off. What? Tight coverage. Ball placement is off. Not accurate with the football. I can say that. He's going to wow you one series, and then the next series you're going to go, oh, man, he should have hit that receiver. And then he comes back again, and he wows you again. He felt some pressure. Slides to the right. Throws off his heels with touch 45 yards down the field for a touchdown. Drops it right in there. Wow, you go. Drake Mays, awesome. Look, he threw that deep out to the wide side of the field effortlessly. Uh, Deep crossing route. As I mentioned, that's his thing. Tell you, I like it. He's cool and collected. Really calm and composed. As he plays the game, and that comes in handy for a quarterback. I really love that. Shades on into clubs. As far as Drake may be in a runner. A runner. See a lot of Josh Allen in him. Where you see him back in the pocket, and then he sees a rush lane where there's nobody rushing. And he's just able to pull it down and take it right up the middle and run 15, 20 yards for the first down. Sort of a straight line runner. Like Josh Allen, not really elusive as he scrambles, though, uh, east and west outside the pocket. They're going to get his butt down quick. And when he's pressured up the middle, he folds that 10 up pretty quickly. So basically, Drake May is not a finished product. Was I blown away? Some of the time. The comparison somewhere in between Justin Herbert and Matt Ryan, somewhere in between those two guys, giving it a B-plus. So my synopsis on Drake May, you know what a synopsis is, VT?
3: Yeah, like a, uh, a summary, a brief uh
2: you're a smart man. Yeah. No wonder you're the producer and the engineer.
3: You got to have a huge vocabulary. Man,
2: yeah, I'm telling you. The, all the, right. Yeah. So the Drake May synopsis. Should I put the uh, shades on for this? Drake May's got all the tools to be a franchise quarterback in the National Football League. He's got prototypical size. He's got the big arm. He's mobile enough. Athletic enough. Caleb Williams and Jaden Daniels, they are finished products. Drake May still has some developing to do. He's not a plug-and-play quarterback, yet he needs a little more experience. So the organization that takes Drake May in the top 10 are going to have to help finish off his development. I don't think he's ready to be a year one starter. Probably the, the best route for Drake May is to watch somebody play for a year and then step in in 2025. Shades on into club. And there's my uh, synopsis and breakdown of one Drake May.
3: Feels like that might be an unlikely scenario for May if we believe all the mocks that we're seeing him going to the top three. Typically, you Well, like the Giants, maybe. They want to stick with... Uh, Danny Dimes. They probably want to stick with uh, stick with him
2: for another year. What about you De- can't DeVito. cut, him, right? You're paying him too much money.
3: They're gonna they're gonna hear it if they get rid of uh, old Tommy Cutlets, that Devito kid that came in and played pretty well. He seemed to be a fan favorite up there in New Maybe York. Maybe
2: the first. Patriots
3: are that, willing that makes to a lot of sit sense. and develop him right. for a
2: year. I'm, Maybe the worst thing if you rush these guys like a Drake May in there the first year, he gets a little gun shy, he loses his confidence, and then you're in a heap of trouble. So he's not fully developed yet. The quarterback club, early on a Tuesday morning. Shades on into club. All right, let's talk Falcons football, baby.
1: (laughs) The dirty birds are in our blood. And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football on the fan.
2: Fan tracking the Falcons, and they are in Indianapolis, meeting and vetting all these quarterbacks prospects like drake may and i saw last night doing some show prep is a scenario that i wanted to run by the listeners out there today where the bears trade the number one pick to the commanders the commanders with the number one pick take caleb williams who's from the dc area so connect the dots that makes sense So then the Bears are sitting at two. And then the Bears trade with the Falcons. Falcons trade up to two. And the Bears trade back to eight. And the Falcons select Jaden Daniels with that second pick of the NFL draft.
1: Yes! Yes!
2: Now there's some people saying no! No! And I don't understand the people that say no. And no, you no, know no, what no, the no, problem no, no, is? No no, 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 no. Some of these fans are reluctant to give up draft capital. That's what it is. They're afraid to give up, say, next year's number one pick. They freak out at the idea of moving up, taking a franchise quarterback. I guess because they've got nothing to look forward to next year when it comes to the first round of the draft. They get scared. Well, in this scenario, this particular scenario, Falcons moving up to two of the Bears. The Falcons would obviously give up the eighth pick. They trade first round picks with the Bears. Bears fall back and get the Falcons pick at eight. Falcons would also give up this year's second round pick. And then the Falcons would give up next year's first round pick. And people are freaking out. Let me try to talk to the people. Can you quit freaking out just for a second and consider this, all right? One too long ago when the uh, the Chiefs had Alex Smith as their quarterback and they fell in love with Patrick Mahomes. Problem was the Chiefs were selecting 27th in the first round. No way they were going to get Mahomes at 27. So they trade up to number 10 with the Buffalo Bills. They trade all the way up to 10. They gave up the following year, gave up their first round pick and gave up a third round pick. And they didn't hesitate to do so. And I don't believe their fans were freaking out. Why should ours? Why are you freaking out? You got to know this too. Consider this. Maybe this makes you feel a little better. Chances are we were going to blow that pick anyway. We were going to take an edge rusher, and the edge rusher was going to be a bust. Are you familiar yeah, right. with this concept with the Falcons fans? Falcons use this first round pick to take an edge rusher, and he turns out to be a bust. I think you nailed it. So we probably weren't going to hit on next year's first round pick anyway. So, who so cares? Quit, quit freaking out, man. What matters is to get our quarterback of the future. That's what matters. You get Jaden Daniels, you plug and play, and he's your quarterback for the next eight to ten years. And he electrifies this fan base. He puts fannies in the seats. MBS becomes sold out. We make the playoffs. We have winning seasons. Quit worrying about next year's first-round pick. Rise up! Come on, Terry Fontenot, Raheem Morris, Zach Robinson, Kyle Smith, and Lord, I hope they're not consulting Ryan Pace, the director of player personnel. I'm not sure he knows what a quality quarterback looks like. I mean, he was the guy in Chicago as the general manager with the Bears the, that took Trubisky and passed on Mahomes. What? I don't
3: want Ryan Pace anywhere near this quarterback decision. It's funny. I was just thinking about that Mitchell Trubisky that um, the Bears leverage, leveraging their future. I, I I totally agree with you, Buck. I'm one of those people that is freaking out. I like the I like to have the draft capital. I believe that's how you that's how you build your team. Yeah, but we're probably going to blow those picks anyway. Although well, yeah, that that is an easy talk point. That's fair. I mean, remember um, uh, McKinley. How I Had that work out for I us? I do. I remember him cursing on draft night and. Ebu you know, Katie, was what really was happened fun. to him? By that's the way, the draft doctor, show a little respect, Buck. Um, but if you if you give up that capital, uh, I mean, you, bet, you better get it right. You draft a, a quarterback in the top five, no matter what. That's but why you, move you take Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I sure hope he's right. And and we do agree uh, that's the quarterback that we want to target. So, but yeah, yeah, you better get it right. You give up that much capital, and he seems to be one of the. Uh, hopefully, he's the right answer. But you get an affordable option
2: for the first contract. Oh, yeah, it gives you a window, right? I mean, this yeah, is way not better than him bringing 40, in an over-the-hill guy, forty-five like million
3: dollars a year, or whatever. Yeah, then you're gonna pay like forty-five million a year. He's coming
2: off an Achilles injury. Dude. The best Dude. football that he's played is already behind. Didn't him. Didn't you see him on the tennis court
3: yesterday, Bucky? I did. Good. I saw that. He actually does look pretty. He good. was dropping back that's okay, good. I guess. But that doesn't tell us anything. He's got he's got a long way to go in rehab. That's for sure.
0: And and that's a plan.
3: lot of money to pay a an, uh, an older. Is he working on a older. serve too? <laughs> yeah, he's working on the conditioning. An yeah, indoor the conditioning. tennis court. He's working out on. He's just showing you know, it's a good, tough, unforgiving uh, surface that he's able to, to move around a little bit on. So good for him. Look, I respect Kirk Cousins and I do what too, he's actually, accomplished. Yeah, I think he's a really good. But coach. I don't think it's a good fit here right now. Is it? Is it? it a lot of it really is that Achilles, right? Well, no, I th- what is he, 36, 37 exactly. years old? Exactly, and, and, and how many more years, uh, productive years, are you going to get, especially
2: with that price tag? I mean, tag? wouldn't, the fact that the Vikings don't want him tells me all I need she to know. You. They're going to pass him on to somebody else. Also, how I was starting to feel about Justin Fields. Gutsons the, 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 was never a mobile guy anyway. No, but he's athletic enough. Now he he's less world, mobile. But, yeah. His thing was processing him information. Didn't have the big arm. Not, uh, not what you describe as athletic, but the guy could process information quickly and he could throw an accurate football. But is it the end of his career? So I'm really encouraged, like we were saying yesterday, that the word on Peachtree Street is the Falcons are looking to move Moving up, on up, taking a franchise quarterback Get in the top Jay three picks, in. develop. Gonna and go young at the quarterback back. position, man. I'm loving that idea. Loving it. DC, I think it's time to talk Bulldog football.
1: The fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national champion on the beat. 25-20, March 9, 15-10, 5, get in there, touchdown! This is the Bulldog Beat with Buck Balloon. Presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent.
2: Man, Kirby Smart's been busy. Man, he's... He's heading down that road Nick Saban uh, was going down over at Alabama, and that was because you're doing so well, because you're dominating. Uh, People are plucking assistant coaches off your coaching staff left and right. Gone. So Kirby's been busy. He's hired James Coley, his new wide receiver coach. Josh Crawford coming off the Georgia Tech staff is now the new running back coach for Kirby Smart. And now Dale McGee has exited. Hey, I heard uh, Dale McGee on the locker room show the new Georgia State head coach. and Well, it was awesome to hear him on 680 The Fan. Problem is, I had him set up to come on the Belushi show tomorrow. So I was a little surprised to hear him on that locker room show. But uh, Del McGee uh, looking to hire a, f- a couple of former Georgia assistants. Kevin Sheer news got out yesterday, uh, will be Dale McGee's new defensive coordinator and they worked together on Kirby's Georgia staff, 2016-2017. Sheer on the Georgia Tech staff, last season co-defensive coordinator, coaching up the linebackers. So it looks like he'll be making the jump to be the Panthers' defensive coordinator on Dale McGee's staff. And then former Georgia offensive coordinator Jim Cheney. Remember Big Jim? Last check was retiring, going to have a horse farm up in Tennessee Last season, he was working on the Texas A&M coaching staff as an offensive analyst. Now, he was with McGee on Kirby's staff in 16 and 17. And apparently, Dell McGee is hiring Jim Chaney to be his offensive coordinator. And let me just say, there might be some people poo-pooing on this right now. I'm going to give Dell McGee a thumbs up on both those hires. Knows both of them. Knows what they're about. Going to elevate this coaching staff at Georgia State. I think it's a, a really a good couple of hires for uh, Dell McGee, and we're going to get Dell on soon. Hopefully,
3: excited to keep an eye on that program. Just not for the tomorrow. Next, yeah. next couple of
2: years. See how they do. Probably uh, not a good idea to have him on tomorrow. Hey, heads up, man. Uh, Georgia baseball taking on Georgia Tech a three game series Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Friday's game will be at the Georgia Tech baseball field. Saturday's game will be in Athens at Foley Field. And then Sunday's game will be at Gwinnett, Triple A Gwinnett Stadium. Is it Coolray Field? I believe so. Yeah, Coolray Field is what it is. So looking forward to that this weekend. Three game series with Georgia. And Georgia Tech. A little heads up on Charlie Condon, who I had on the show a few months ago. Condon is swinging a big bat. He's off to a fast start. How about this, DT? Charlie Condon, after seven games, is 18 of 28. You're making that up. That's not right. He's hitting 643 right now. <laughs> I believe he was your SEC. I think SEC- my single season record is, uh, you oh. know, it's in jeopardy right now with Charlie Condon. Better watch that. What's that for average? Yeah. Uh, Charlie Condon, 18 of 28, three bombs, four doubles, 13 runs, preseason all SEC. That's
3: a pretty, uh, pretty good start. Yeah, it was your now, SEC. if you were on
2: that Georgia Tech pitching staff, would you be pitching to Charlie Condon this weekend? I'd be very careful. For Charlie Condon. All right, coming back on the other side, man, we are the college football voice of the South, 680 in the fan. So I'm talking college football next. Got the
0: Baloo Show here on the fan, 680 and 93.7. Is this the year you want to grow your business? Do you want to expand your team? Build a new office? Hey, it's Tug, and I want to tell you about First Liberty Building and Loan. Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later you're dealing with a new person? You won't have to with First Liberty Building and Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they can help you too. They know the patterns, they know the ebbs and flows, and they know business. Now the Frost family wants to know you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Buying a building, building a building, buying a franchise, or expanding. Reach out and spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you. FirstlibertyGA.com. By the way, if you're a young banker and you want to work with a team that's faith friendly with a culture of excellence, First Liberty might be a good match. Reach out to First Liberty Building and Loan at FirstLibertyGA.com. That's FirstLibertyGA.com. The third first thing was the.
2: show on The Fan, 680 and 93.7, Monday through Friday, 10 to 11. Man, I just saw Nick and Chris, and they are they, it looks like they're cramming out in the bullpen area here at 680 The Fan Studios. By the way, our studios are unbelievable. And having worked in the radio business in Athens as a student, also did a little in Valdosta. Savannah and Jacksonville was my path to Atlanta, working in sports talk radio. And I've been in a number of different stations along the way. There were times where Kincaid and I would be out of town, and we'd do the show at another studio. Say when the Braves were in the postseason. Went to San Francisco to follow the series against the Giants. And they had us doing a show at one of the San Francisco sports talk stations. That's where we're doing our show at. And so I've been in a lot of these studios. Man, I tell you what, nothing compares to what we're in right now at the Battery Atlanta. Nothing compares to it. And we've moved around the city of Atlanta four or five times, I believe it is, different studios during the 23 years here at 680 The Fan. This is absolutely
3: awesome. Even better than Valdosta? <laughs> yeah, even better than Valdosta. Ooh. <laughs> we got it made up here, us city boys.
2: I mean, uh, and I think we a lot of us, we, we take it for granted occasionally that David Dickey has provided us with one of the great facilities
3: in sports talk radio nationwide. It is a pleasure to come to work most days around here, especially as we get closer to baseball season. And you see Truist Park right there. Whew Yeah, right across the street. I mean, how good is that? We're getting close, Buck. 30 days. And
2: I don't know what it is, but, man, I guess just my my love of the game, being a uh, baseball guy since I was about seven years old, was being able to work at the ballpark, basically. It doesn't get any better than that. When I pull in that orange deck and I see Truist Park, it just puts me in a better mood. Working at the ballpark, baby. In the oh. orange deck. <laughs> well, I didn't see Westy in there knocked out uh, asleep in his car today. I didn't see that. But just working at the ballpark, you can pull in, pull in the battery, coming down the main road, going to the deck, and you can look into the ballpark.
3: I love pulling into the parking deck, parking, and right in front of me is the, the first baseline at Truist Park. And, you know, they tell us to park on the
2: fourth floor of the orange deck, and. I mean, from the looks of it, I think me and uh, Edgar and McFarland are really the only guys that have been following that rule. We're the only ones on the fourth floor, and I sort of like that <laughs> because you saying. got you got plenty of elbow room. You don't worry about the car next to you opening the door and then smashing your car. I mean, there's plenty of elbow room on that fourth floor. But I tell you what, it also allows me to do. On that fourth floor, I can look out and I can see Alex Anthopoulos in that executive boardroom. And I've got some binoculars in the car, and I can pull those out, and I can look in there, and I can see Alex walking, everybody else sitting at the executive desk in that boardroom, and Alex is sort of pacing around the room, getting input from everybody in there. He's got the analytics staff. he's He's got the prospect staff. He's... He so waving his arms and yelling. He seems yeah, like there's a yeller. A, you know, there's seems some like he's a big I, yeller. I've yeah. never seen him in there losing his temper, though, banging on the <laughs> desk or doing anything like that. Like some of our sales meetings here at 6 Eight.
3: Oh, man, those get animated. Yeah, I've never Almost seen violent, anything yeah. like that. But
2: parking on that fourth floor, the, uh, the car stays healthy. Plenty of room. And you can look into that executive boardroom where the Braves are. Love that.
1: Mm, tasty. Time for the College Football Nugget. Presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com.
2: All right, Florida State. Did you see that Mike Norvell contract extension? Wow. You know, Florida State has never had the reputation of stepping up and paying big. But they are changing that rep they're going to pay Norvell $10 million a year to be the Seminoles head coach. Eight years, $82 million. He goes from $5.5 million this past season to uh, close to $10 million this year. I mean, that is a nice little raise if you can get it.
3: I'd say well-earned, too. He's uh, really brought back a, a once well-respected Program, uh, It was really in a bad spot there for a few well, years. Yeah, he's done a good job, but I'll tell you what, that Orange Bowl debacle. That was unfortunate.
2: Yeah, he still got his money, though. Still got his money. Uh, the expectations for the Alabama Crimson Tide and Kalen DeBoer. And look, I'm risking being heavily criticized because these Alabama folks are really sensitive. They are really, I mean, as long as you're saying great things about Alabama, they love you. And as soon as you doubt anything to do with the Alabama football program, boy, the criticism comes raining down on social media. Roll down. Well, I saw Feinbaum uh, talking about this on that show over in Birmingham with uh, Kubelik and some of those boys over there. And uh, they were talking about this uh, recently, and (laughs) Feinbaum says this, and I totally agree. Kalen DeVore, the expectations in 2024 for the Crimson Tide is to make the playoffs. I mean, you don't make the playoffs. You're in a heap of trouble at Alabama. Now, how do they make the playoffs? That period, the standard. You're not in the playoffs. It's been a disappointing year at Alabama. Now, it's going to be easier in 2024 with a lot more teams involved it's not just four but you look at the the schedule for alabama in 2024 game three they go to wisconsin early in the season i would say be ready for a tough physical test there brother camp randall stadium they're gonna be jumping around at the beginning so keep an eye on that. Then they got a bye week, two ge- two weeks to get ready for Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs coming to Tuscaloosa, game number four. I've got an L next to that one for Alabama. Game seven, they go to Knoxville, taking on Tennessee. That new quarterback for Tennessee, uh, Nico, he can play. Look out for that then two weeks later, they go to Baton Rouge, taking on LSU. And with Nussmeyer at quarterback, LSU's going to score some points. I don't know how good their defense is going to be. But that looks like a potential L for Alabama also. And then they finish up game 11, go to Norman, Oklahoma, taking on the Sooners, who are now in the SEC. So there you go. There are five games right there that are hanging in the balance for Kalen DeBoer in the Alabama Crimson Tide. They going undefeated? Heck no. They got to be some drop-off with Nick Saban retiring? Heck yes. Kalen DeBoer better make those playoffs, though.
3: He wants to keep those Alabama fans happy. Still getting used to you saying Kalen DeBoer and the Alabama Crimson Tide. Yeah, how about that? Sounds a little funny. I think we got time for another nugget. Oh, well, give us more nuggets, Buck, please. You know times have changed.
2: We're 200. hungry. When I'm feeling sorry for the Florida Gators program. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious man. I mean, I actually feel sorry for the Florida Gators program. I mean, what a downfall. Napier's gone eleven and fourteen.
3: They missed a bowl game last year. They didn't even make a bowl game. Oh, but it's okay, Buck. The schedule really opens up this year. It should be an easy ride for the uh, Gators. Well, oh, no. no. As a matter of fact, is that not
2: the case? This could be the most difficult schedule in college it's,
3: football history. It's the most difficult
2: one I've ever seen. Five opponents they, they face in the preseason top 20. Five of them. And they open the season taking on the Hurricanes in a rivalry situation. They have not made the college football playoffs ever. Started in 2014, Florida Gators have yet to make the college football playoffs. You know, uh, things have changed when me, a Georgia guy, is feeling sorry for the Florida Gators.
1: Ah! (laughs) I'm sick and
2: f***ing tired. That was edited, by the way. I didn't say that. I did not say that.
1: Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers. Keeping Georgia green since 1955.
2: All right, final word today. I know Chris Sale making his Braves debut. Spring training today. And let me just say, I don't care what happens with Chris Sale. During spring training... What? And even during the regular season, I don't care. Now, I care that he stays healthy. That's one thing I do care about. But I don't care about the results. I don't care if he's go six innings or seven innings. I don't care if he wins 15 games or 18 games or 10 games. The only thing I care about with Chris Sale is he's ready to go come postseason time. Because it didn't matter if we win the division again for, what, the seventh year in a row? I don't think that matters. Um, what matters is when the Braves arrive in the postseason. They're ready to take down the Phillies, beat up on the Dodgers, and get this organization and this fan base back to the World Series with an opportunity to be World Series champions. Bring on the weak-ass Phillies. And that's why Anthopolis brought in Chris Sale. To help us get over the hump and back to the World Series with a chance to win it all. So I don't really care. Just get Chris Sale healthy to the postseason. That's going to do it for the Buck Show. Thanks for hanging out. Nick and Chris next here on The Fan.
1: Thank you, Buck. This is a 680 The Fan podcast. To hear more live and local sports content like this, tune into
0: 680 AM or 93.7 FM or download the Fan app. What are your plans for your business this year? Hey, it's Tug. Do you want to expand and grow? Aren't you exhausted by going to lenders, building a relationship, and a week later, you got a new person to deal with? You have to start all over again? You don't have that with First Liberty Building & Loan. The Frost family has been helping businesses grow since the 90s, and they want to know you. Unlike big banks, they want to partner with you. The Frost family knows the patterns. They know the ebbs and flows. They know business. Get to know them at FirstLibertyGA.com. Building a building? Buying a building? Buying a franchise? Expanding? Reach out to them. Spend 10 minutes with them. See if you're a fit for them and if they're a fit for you.